You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Steven here, um, and I'm sitting here with Jerry. Yep. Because Jason is in Japan with his band Shibulba performing, and he'll be back next week with another episode with me. And uh, yeah, so today, however, we're going to do one of mine and Jerry's favorite movies uh, that we watch frequently. A little movie called Seven Psychopaths, uh, directed by Martin McDonough. It stars Sam Rockwell. Uh, Christopher Walken and uh, Colin Colin Farrell and Woody Harrelson as well. There's a lot of other great people inside this movie, um, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the beginning, like we always do. Mm-hmm. When's the first time you saw this movie, Jerry? Seven Psychopaths. Um, I didn't get to see in the theater. I saw it after In Bruges, so Martin McDonough, I remember already falling in love with In Bruges when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was so about that movie, but at that time, I wasn't really following Martin McDonough's like career, because to me, that was like the only movie that yeah. he like did, and I just wasn't really following it, so when Seven Psychopaths came out, it really didn't like catch my attention, so I didn't go see it in the theater, and I remember it was playing at a friend of mine's house. In the background, and I was like half paying attention to it, and then it wasn't until they were like, "Hey, this is the same." I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, that's the same guy that did in Bruce." So I had to watch it again, and this time, you know, I actually paid attention to the movie. Um, and dude, instantly, I was like, "Okay, yeah, this has all hits all the notes." Martin McDonough's notes, like he has in in Bruce, um, instantly like fell in love with the movie. Wish I got to experience it in the theater, but, you know, got to see it anyway. Um, and I've seen it, dude, I can't even tell you how many times. And I put it right there on, on you know, in the league of, like, in Bruges. I can't say for sure I have a definitive, like, top ten, like, movie list, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always changing, something's coming in. But if I did, this movie would definitely be... It would have like a solid, solid place in there, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So wish I got to see it in theater. Ended up watching it actually two times. Like I said, first time didn't really see it. Second time was like, okay, this this, this is gold. Yeah. This is something like I've never really, really seen at that time. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, it's quite quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Imbruge. Yeah. So for me, um. This was at a, it came out at a time when I still live with my mom and me and her have always liked going to the movies together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, when in Bruges came out, I had, I didn't know about it. And to me going to see a movie with Colin Farrell in it really wasn't yeah, that he, appetizing of an he idea. He wasn't, wait, so this is what, 2000, well, in Bruges is what, 2008? Yeah. Yeah. I and think. then this movie's 2012. Yeah. And Colin Farrell was like, um, boo-boo yeah so uh, yeah just just going to see a movie like that i didn't really care you for. Didn't like swat but she <laughs> but she um 
she wanted to go see it, so we went to go watch it. And I oh, was, your mom took yeah, you my mom took me to go see that movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, thanks, I, mom. I remember watching it and just being like, "This is fucking amazing! Yeah. Like, this is one of the best movies." I've seen in a long time, you know. Did you um, see In Bruges already before? Or did you saw I'm talking time? about In Bruges right now. Oh, you yeah. saw In Bruges with your mom? Yeah. Oh, shit, that's even so, crazier. So right when that movie was over, I was like, I need to know who made this movie. And yeah. Martin McDonough was the man. And so as soon as I got wind uh, that he was making another movie, yeah. first of all, I loved it. And at that point, I was like, uh, Colin Farrell, if you put him in something that's worth watching, he could be good in it because he's great in that movie. He's every, phenomenal. And every, everybody else is. So once I found out that Mark McDonough was making another movie, I was like, oh, I'm sold already, but Colin Farrell's going to be in again. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Christopher Walken's going to be it. Sam Rockwell's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. That's so, I'm like going. I, I'm, I fucking love Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And Woody Harrelson, one of my favorite actors of all time, he's going to be in it too. I was just so like ready to go. And I don't even think my mom knew. And my mom loves Woody Harrelson too oh, really? and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. So when she when I found this out, I was like, "Mom, like, let's go see this movie." And she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And I was like, "No, it's the guy that made in Bruges, uh-huh. and Woody Harrelson's in it, and Sam Rockwell's in it. Like, let's go watch it, blah blah." And then we went to go watch it together, and just from start to finish, it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, one Fucking of the funniest movies, super duper cool, just so well written, um, so well acted. Yeah, and yeah, ever ever since then, I remember talking to you guys about it and you know after a while we just watched it together a few times yeah. and we watch it together every now and then uh when we get a chance and it's easily i could say after seeing that movie um because how much i loved in bruges that movie came out and i was like okay so now martin mcdonough for me personally has become one of those event directors yeah, yeah. so anytime he has something coming out i'm like oh He's. I'm gonna go see. Yeah. you know something like on par with like first weekend. Like, yeah, like a Nolan, Tarantino. Yeah. You yeah. know, obviously he's not as well known. No, definitely maybe not. Maybe with his last movie, The Three Billboards. Yeah, uh, he's gotten more no- notoriety, but he's not. Nobody knows him by name. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But for me personally, it's like he's up. There. When I see his, his name, I'm like, dude, absolutely, gotta go. See yeah, him. Three Billboards was amazing, and I can't mm-hmm. wait for his new film as well to come out. The uh, something about the, the monsters, Banshee, the Banshee something. Banshee Boys or something? Uh, like yeah, we love him so much we can't even think of the name <laughs> of his next project. But yeah, we've, we've talked enough about Myron McDonough, uh, his films. Love in Bruges, love this one. Three Billboards, his new movie's coming out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Started off as a theater director. Yeah, yeah. You can tell. Um, when I had, a, I had an acting class and uh, we had to do monologues. And I was having trouble, like, I didn't want to do a fucking Shakespeare monologue yeah. and all this shit. And I kept on asking my teacher, like... Oh, can I take a monologue from a movie? And he's like, no, you got to do a play. And then I came in the next week and he's like, hey, do this one. I think you'll like it. And I was like, oh, okay. And he gave it to me and I saw it was written by Martin McDonough. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I, yeah. He's like, I was like, okay, I'll do this one. This yeah. Is cool. But um, yeah, uh, that's Martin McDonough. He wrote and directed this movie. You know, um, he has an Academy Award for like a best live action short I was reading. Really? I don't know if it was like a British Academy Awards or, or what, but for a short he made called Six Shooter. Interesting. So that's something we should check out. Yeah, no, probably. definitely. Anything he does, I'm, I'm willing to check it out. Um, but let's move on to the cast. Uh, get through the cast here really quick. Um, so first off, Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him a little bit already. First thing I saw him in was Minority Report in 2002. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, he's... He's not 
outstanding in that movie. Yeah. But he was good enough. He's good enough. And like for an up and comer, I didn't know who he was. I was like, okay, I'll give this guy a chance. And then he starts making a bunch of different movies. (laughs) Um, Right after that, 2003, he does a movie with Al Pacino called The Recruit. And I remember when I saw it, when it came out, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. But I'm like 12, 13 at the time. So like everything seems to be cool. Saw it a few years later. I'm like, this is not that great of a movie. (laughs) This is not the (laughs) deeds. Um, and then, of course, also in 2003, he did uh, Daredevil. One of your favorites. Uh, saw that movie a bunch of times. Funny story about that movie is... Uh, you love it. I got somebody a blowjob while watching that movie. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't give somebody a blowjob. I got them a blowjob. Uh, so but that's anyway... That's what Colin Farrell reminds you of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then that same year, he was also in SWAT, which you mentioned. Um, I saw that in theater. And I, th- I thought it was cool. I think. I think. Um, I think uh, Hollywood was just trying to push him into everything. And I think. I think he. Yeah, he, he was a handsome. Uh, yeah, and he's a, and as we can tell, he's a good actor, but he has to take the right roles. And yeah. he has to be directed by the right people You're and everything. Because right. before that, he did Phone Booth, which is like a bottle episode in a fucking in a phone booth in a phone booth. <laughs> And it and uh, then he was in Alexander, which was not a great movie. But since in Bruges, I feel like he's he's great gained more traction in the type of movies he likes to make and the, yeah. the movies. So some movies that he did like since then, um, in Bruges, like we said, The Lobster, which mm-hmm. was a total mindfuck of a movie. Um, Killing of a Sacred Deer, he's really good in. Mm-hmm. He was just uh, fantastic in the Batman, yep. playing the Penguin. Um, a bunch of other movies. He was in an awful remake of Total Recall in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason hates that movie. And uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, it's interesting, right? Because I was watching Miami Vice, and it was just terrible. And, oh, I forgot he did that. And I was like, I couldn't remember if it was that movie or SWAT, where I kind of really noticed that Colin Farrell was like faking an American accent. Yeah, and I was like, damn, it seems like he's like not even trying like at all you Mm -hmm. know but it's like we said at that time post like his spielberg they're throwing him into like lead action yeah right and it just really wasn't working for him and it's kind of hard to tell like if his heart's in it because it's just like you said he's a good actor in those movies he's just like yeah i'm cool like yeah yeah, you know very like one-dimensional kind of guys and it's not until like you're right so at that point, we're already like, oh, Colin Farrell's in this movie? It's probably trash. And then in Bruce, she comes out, and he's very... He's fantastic in yeah, the movie. He's great. He's very emotional. You can tell, like, he either really believes in what he's doing. And then in this movie, too, he's like, it's... You, like, you're feeding off his emotions. Because yeah. this movie's primarily, like, character-driven, right? So its story and its overall plot is pretty messy, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. It's really stupid. It's like... Uh, they kind of screw over. Uh, they take the trope of like, kind of like, oh, you mess with the wrong guy. Yeah, and, and right, and uh, the story is kind of ridiculous. But what you care about, and what drives the plot, is like these characters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, for and sure. so you have to care about Colin Farrell. Yeah, he has to make you believe. Like, I, I think it's a case of if the material's there and it's good, and, he can be good. And we well. talked about it too. Like everybody in that movie, and it goes, to, it goes, it talks to the greatness of like Martin McDonough uh-huh. and the script is that everybody in this movie is good. Fantastic. Everybody from the Great. smallest role, I, I cannot remember her name, 
Olga Krolinkov. She's great. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, the per- the woman that plays Precious, I can't remember. Oh her name. yeah, she's great in this. She's movie. like barely even in it, and it's just awesome. Like her yeah. little, you know, Kevin Corrigan, small part of it. He's like one of the best that guys um, there is. He's great in this yeah, movie. I can't even think of who that is. Uh, you know who he is. He's he's in a bunch of stuff. But uh, moving oh, on, moving on. Um, next up, we got Sam Rockwell. Uh, uh, first time we're talking about him. Um, I didn't learn this until years later, but obviously he's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's oh, like yeah. he's like recruiting the kids into the Foot Clan and mm-hmm. shit. Um, right. The first movie he ever stood out to me in, and I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but this guy is fucking incredible. 1999's Galaxy Quest. He plays Guy. Um, he is so goddamn funny in that yeah. movie. Just so funny, and I was like, "Dude, who is this dude? Yeah. Like, he's fucking fantastic. He's he, he's just so funny." Um, and then he's in a bunch of other shit. Nineteen ninety nine. He's also in the Green Mile. He plays a great villain, like a mm. crazy, crazy, like yep. murderous type of villain guy. He's in that movie. Um, Sam Rockwell, the movie, starring Vincent Price. Oh yeah, he he's he's in a bunch of stuff, and I feel like oh that's what it was. It's the first uh, Charlie's Angels that's in two thousand. Oh dude, I can't. So he's the villain. That he's movie. the villain in Charlie's Angels, and that's the first time I saw him. He does this thing where he always dances in movies. He's a like, little yeah. He's a little. He's, he he he's, can play he's somebody. Really quirky. Yeah, but um yeah. So that movie, he's in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a George Clooney directed Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, where he's like a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Um, this very like uh, indie sci-fi movie called Moon that yeah. he's in. I I absolutely love that movie. I saw this movie called The Way Way Back, and people seem to like it a lot, but um, I didn't think it was that great. He's good in it, but the movie itself just wasn't that entertaining yeah. to me. Um, he's in Matchstick Men uh, with Nicolas Cage, what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, the book, Chuck Palahniuk's book, Choke, the adaptation of that, he's in that. Mm. Um, he's in a lot of stuff. Iron Man 2, he's yeah. in that as well. He's a villain. Probably uh, the best part of that movie, best thing about that movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then, yeah, he works with Martin McDonough 2012 on this movie, and then he works with him again in uh, – actually, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. He works – yeah, he works with him again a couple years later uh, and wins a Best Supporting Oscar for Three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. And, yep. yeah, him in this movie – He kills it, He's dude. so funny in this movie. I, I, for me, he's the main draw. Like, after seeing it the first time, I was like, oh, I'm here yeah. pretty much for Sam Rockwell. And it's like – Dude, yeah, because uh, his and everybody else is firing on all cylinders as well. Yeah, everyone like, is, but it's like Sam Rockwell is, dude. He punches it to like eleven in this movie. Yeah, and it's like the, I think it's just so funny the the friendship that him and Colin Farrell's character has, Marty, in the movie. Yeah, are just like you couldn't imagine them being friends, right? That's that's one question that I wrote down here uh-huh. is how did they meet? Why are they friends? And we don't know that. Well, you know, he's a writer and 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 yeah, uh, Billy's a an actor too. But the fact that they met and they continue to be friends with each other just it's kind of strange. Yeah, it it seems like I don't know. Like in the movie, it definitely seems as though Billy, right? Sam Rockwell, wait, Billy, right? Yeah, yeah Billy. Billy, is that if he wants something, he's going to work to get it right. Yeah. So whether he saw something in Marty. He's like, I want to be that guy's friend. Yeah, really bad. And I'm going to make it, like, make it happen even though it might not ever work. Yeah. You know? 
and it's uh but you know he really he really cares about him. No, he does. He really cares. And that and that's what's crazy. So obviously we know I've seen this movie he's a psychopath, but he genuinely cares about yeah. his friends. It is about w- about Marty and about Hans. Um, Hans for sure. And it's like a movie where someone you, someone that's that like psycho like a psychopath, right? Yeah. Who can also just be like, "Oh, this guy actually like actually cares about something mm-hmm. about his friends, you know?" Um, so yeah, that's Sam Rockwell. Next up, we got, uh, the man himself, Christopher Walken, who we've never talked about on this podcast yet. Obviously, Christopher Walken, fantastic actor. He's been in the business a real long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, some notable movies, Deer Hunter, he's great in. Deliverance is, uh, actually, no, he's on Deliverance. I was thinking of fucking, uh. You're thinking of Wayne's World too. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, the Deer Hunter, like I said, he's in that movie. Uh, he played a Bond villain at one point. Um, he's just been in so much good stuff. Batman Returns. He yeah. plays Max Shrek. Nineteen ninety four. He's in Pulp Fiction for one scene. I think in that movie he definitely has a Dion Waiters Award. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. He plays the headless horseman himself. He works uh, with a lot of different people in the nineties. Um, he had his own horror franchise in mm-hmm. uh, Buck in the Prophecy. Made yeah. like three of those movies. He started out tap dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. That's our producer, Greg, in the background, giving us some extra information. Um, currently tap dancing. Currently tap dancing his way out of the conversation. <laughs> uh, King, King of New York is a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, dude, Christopher Walken, so iconic. He's got yeah. iconic stuff outside of his acting career. He works so much. Um, the Fat Boy Slim video, him dancing. He's recently in... Uh, I need more cowbell. The Ben Stiller. Oh, Severance. Severance. Yes. And he's got uh, a lot of claim for that. He's great in that movie. Yeah, he's famously known to not turn down. Yeah, he do, he really doesn't turn down anything. He's actually. like in everything. Yeah. Anything that they ask him for. I remember another great one, uh, Suicide Kings. Suicide Kings. Wedding Crashers. Joe Dirt. Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> him and Joe Dirt. So good. So good. Um, I can't wait to do that movie. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Joe Dirt, so good, and obviously he's got the the iconic cadence and the iconic oh, uh, man. voice. Does it and work? And you know what's crazy? So you see him right, and you're like, oh, it's Christopher Walken. This movie, like, he kind of his presence is so iconic that he kind of like steps. Like when you see him in something, you're just like, oh, like I don't know if he doesn't necessarily pull himself out of the movie with his own like, yeah, yeah, you know, his own statue. But in this movie too, it's like, oh, it's Christopher Walken, his cadence and everything. But it's like he can play in it so well. As no, and, yeah, and that's what that's. I'm glad you brought that up because obviously we take Christopher Walken for granted a lot because he, like we said, he doesn't turn anything down. He's yeah. just in everything, and sometimes you can tell maybe he's just being Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. But like I said, with the same thing with uh, with Colin Farrell, if the material's there, like I really believe Hans is a person. I don't yeah, think that's no, just you don't think Walken it's doing you that think, role, you know, dude, like the whole like. What's uh, Woody Harrelson, you know, when they're sitting in the hospital room after uh, his wife was just murdered by yeah. Woody Harrelson's character. And he's like, oh, the thing around your neck. And he's like, a cravat. Cravat. Dude. Yeah, um, the way he delivers his lines. It's very much a, I don't know if he's ever worked in theater. Oh, yeah, he has. He has. He's done, he's done plenty of it's theater. It's like, dude, that might be where his, like, acting is yeah. most, like, well done because here in the way you know even later when billy's either lying to him about you know his pretending to be his wife's voice yeah when they're on peyote 
and he like grabs it and he's not even talking Christopher Walken. He just grabs him and he's looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, this moment is so – one of my favorite moments about watching the movie. Every time I watch it, there's another favorite moment. Yeah. I know we'll talk about that later. And then that scene, I'm just like, dude. And no one says anything. And this movie's all dialogue. Yeah. And he's just grabbing the look on his face, you know, is everything. So Insane. awesome. He's so good. Uh, moving on. Like we said, we got Woody Harrelson. We've talked about Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. pretty extensively on this podcast. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. You know him from Kingpin, which we tried to do a while ago. Oh, that's right. And our episode got deleted. You know him from uh, fucking everything else that he's in. White Man uh, Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump. The People versus Larry Flint. Uh Play, yeah, play, natural play born to the play to the bone, natural born killers, just a bunch of great stuff. He's absolutely deranged in this movie, and oh, yeah. his, some of his comedies, just his fa- his faces in this movie, um, yeah. just great. The the part where where oh God, I can't, I gotta look for her name. Oh. Uh, Gabri Sib. Sibiribe? Oh boy. Uh, I'm butchering it. The girl that plays Precious. This is a movie podcast, remember? When guys. she when she <laughs> when she's like, You're just an angry type of person, blah blah. Yeah. And it, like the face he makes. He's so he's like agreeing with her, but he's getting angrier because yeah, so, she's right. He's very he's very pragmatic and, and, and practical in this movie. Yeah. Like, the approach that he takes to it. Is yeah, his his I mean, obviously Martin McDonough wrote the character that way, mm-hmm. but Woody Harrelson just plays it so well. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um Move through the rest of the cast kind of quickly. Uh, we have Abby Cornish. Um, good actress. She's in this. She's in Sucker Punch, Limitless, Geostorm, uh, Candy. She's got a very small role in here. She plays Kaya. <laughs> Haya Kaya. Um, like we said, Olga, Olga Korolenko. Um, she's in, not Skyfall, uh, Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. She was in that Hitman movie, Oblivion. Um, she was recently Taskmaster in the Black Widow movies. Uh, yeah, that's her. And then we got the man himself, Mr. Tom Waits, who we've talked about on this podcast before as well. He's in this movie. Uh, Dracula is the movie we talked about him the first time. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, Mystery Men. Um, <laughs> he's been a lot of shit. Uh, really good stuff. Michael uh, Stolberg, mm-hmm. uh, he was famously on Boardwalk Empire, played Arnold Rothstein. He's in the Coen Brothers, A Serious Man. Uh, he was in Dope Sick recently, Call Me By Your Name, a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. He's great in this movie. He's just in that first opening scene. Same thing with Michael Pitt, also on Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. He's in one of my favorite horrors, uh, Funny Games. Uh, Last Days, where he plays uh, Kurt Cobain. He's in a movie called Bully by fucking that one creep, Harmony Crine. Oh. Um, and this really weird movie with fucking uh, with Steve Buscemi called Delirious. It almost seems like a fever dream uh, when I watched it. But yeah, he's in this just for that opening scene as well. And then we got Gabri Sidibai. I, I don't fucking know how to we say her name. We apologize to you. Yeah, we're very sorry. Um, obviously, she plays Precious. Uh She's in, in that in movie. Precious. In Precious. She's in Tower Heist. She was on a, uh, one or two seasons of American Horror Story. Like we said, she's only in one scene in this movie, but she's great. Mm-hmm. Harry Dean Stanton, who passed away a few years ago, famously from um, uh, Paris, Paris, Arizona. No, Paris, Texas. Texas. Paris, yeah. Texas. Great movie. Uh, the original Alien uh, Red Dawn. Mm. He's been in a bunch of shit, man, uh, over the years. Man, he might have uh, 
to like escape a, escape from New York. A Dion Waiters moment in this movie. Yeah, he's only in one scene, and he doesn't even say anything, uh. and he's he's great in the in the entire thing. He's he's pretty good. Um, couple other honorable mentions. Kevin Corgan, like I said, he is in so many things. Detroit Rock City. Um, oh, he's good. Yeah. Good fellas. He's he's a that guy. He's yeah, a that guy. He was I can on never. He was on Grant, grounded for. I, I I had so much trouble remembering his name for so long, but yeah. I had to remember it now. Um, yeah, he was on on that show. Uh, not Arrested Development. What the fuck was that show called? Oh, the one with uh, Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life. Yeah, he he's been on Super so many good bad. things. Always really funny. He's on one episode Pineapple Express. One episode of Community that I really like. Really, really funny. Actually, he's in a few episodes of that show. Um, but yeah, Kevin Corrigan, really great. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of other great people in this movie, but we got to move on. All star cast. This is, this is running a little running a little long here. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, like we said, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every scene, there's something great in every scene. The opening scene, obviously, Martin McDonough is great at writing dialogue. Yeah. I love how it opens. Uh, just the the... The conversation between the two guys, you could tell they like work with each other, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily friends because you could tell one of them's kind of a little ditzy and the other one's like kind of getting annoyed by it. He's more tolerant of the other dude. Yeah. Uh, I love the the whole Dillinger conversation, getting sta- stabbing a guy in the yeah. ear with an ice pick we're right through about, the fucking ear. What is he Like if we're talking about stabbing through an ear. Yeah. That was shot through the eye. Yeah. <laughs> That whole part, uh, I love how when the girl walks past, they like reach in and then she's like looking at them behind. Yeah, because they're definitely shady dudes. Yeah, that get so caught up in their own conversation that they can't even see this masked man just strutting, like you know, <laughs> yeah, beelining walking, right walking to up them. behind them. And they're all twitchy from yeah, from, from a lady walking. from an average jogger or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that you know that's interesting. I didn't really think about that, but like we said, this movie's very dialogue driven. Um, there's not a whole lot of fat in this movie. Everything that's said serves either some sort of purpose, uh, whether it's to drive the plot or to, you know, we get to know a little bit about the relationships of these characters or the characters themselves. And I was thinking about that and I was like trying to think of scenes that feel like a throwaway scene. Mm-hmm. You know, even maybe like the intro where we're introduced to these two characters that are pretty much like non consequential characters. Yeah. And then you're already like, oh, uh, these guys, what are they talking about? It's pretty interesting. Very kind of quit Tarantino-like. Yeah. And then they just get killed right away. They just get killed right away. But it's even then, it's just like you're already drawn in. And you're like, oh, this could have easily just been some random dude sitting in a car smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah. Maybe not saying anything, listening to the radio or whatever. But here, it, and I, I think it has to do with uh, McDonough's like theater background mm-hmm. where it's like everything that's on stage has yeah. to serve a purpose yeah because you're not going to have people sitting there and watching somebody do something and it has nothing to do with yeah, driving you know, the story and kick the, forward and that's like also to the beauty of, of of cinema in general is that it's also a visual medium too right yeah so you and then in these movies like his movies they they all look really nice the camera work is is pretty you know it's pretty cool it's not very like super static or, or, or whatever, but it's not overly, right. It's not like a Nolan cinema piece of work. Yeah, you no, know no, what I definitely. Mean? But it's not, that's not what it's there to do. You're there for the characters themselves. Like you're there to hear what they're saying, you know, and the difference between like, I always, well, I watch these movies and I'm like, okay, I compare them into the way of like 
Quentin Tarantino writes dialogue for his characters, but much different because yeah. what they're saying has a lot more emotion to it. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino's characters are just like fucking talking. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you're like, dude, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Sounds like trivia almost. Pretty much, yeah. Here it's like, dude, it's all emotional. The 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 fucking uh, Billy's... And you're, you're right about that because mm-hmm. as good as... As good as Tarantino is, mm-hmm. in his later years, I feel like he has a little bit of a hubris behind uh, behind oh, who he for is. Sure. That when I'm watching when I'm watching his movies, there are certain parts in certain movies. Specifically, this is why a reason why I didn't like Hateful Eight that much mm-hmm. is because when I'm watching the movies and the characters are reading the lines, I'm not. I don't think those people are saying that. I'm listening to Quentin Tarantino yeah, you're, talk talk about shit or like talking. whatever. Whereas in this movie, every single character is so different from each other, yeah. and it's they all seem like genuine people. Yeah. And that's something as somebody who likes to write, mm-hmm. I've always found the hardest thing to do because you want your writing to sound intelligent, but mm-hmm. not all people are as smart as the next person, no. so they can't all be geniuses. They can't all be saying pithy things and fucking yeah. like just. Like being really smart and, and everything, and you're right. Like in Tarantino movies, like these characters, you you I guess you care about them, but you're care you're you kind of care about them on a surface level where you're like, oh, that person is cool. Like, yeah, I like them because they're cool, and it's kind of how Quentin Tarantino likes his characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes well, those black exploitation movies, mm-hmm. those like samurai movies because he thinks it's cool. He, yeah, he, you know, he says that about like violence in general too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a lot of what. And it works for what he's doing. It works for what he does. He gets criticism for it. And I feel like it's valid to a extent where it's like, oh, your movie is so violent. What do you have to say about it? And he's very, like, defensive of yeah, it. Yeah, because like, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. And, and it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. I do too, so. But these movies, like too, it. it's like if a, char- like if a character in, in a Tarantino movie dies, you're kind of like, damn, he was cool. She was cool. That sucks. This the, In this movie, when Hans dies, yeah, you're like, you're like really bummed. I lost my friend, yeah, like, yeah. you know? yeah. Um, I will say, well, that's the thing too, is uh, it does take, because like I said, there are certain times, and like I said, in later years with Tarantino's mm-hmm. movies where I felt that, but when you get good performances out of people, yeah. you forget about Quentin Tarantino. Like yeah. watching watching uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, at no point when I'm watching Leonardo DiCaprio do anything, I'm not hearing Quentin Tarantino. I'm yeah. like Leo's Leo, and the same thing with Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt. Yeah, that's true too. In that, like in that movie. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's what this movie is. In all of his movies, it's like the characters are the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. And like we said, the plot, the story, overall, what's going on is so stupid and ridiculous. Yeah, that if you're looking at that only, you're like, why the hell would anybody want to watch that? All right, so let's look at it from this standpoint. Uh, what are some of your favorite scenes? Pick out a few. We'll talk about them, and then. Yeah, we'll try and figure out if we can decide which one so our favorite tough, is. Man. This movie, I know, I said, I, I don't know. I think we did Kingpin, and I couldn't remember. I was yeah, like, oh, that was hard. Tough. This we, one, in that one, we, I remember, we ended up agreeing on on the montages. That's true. The that montages. Th- those were the best thing about that movie. Oh man, this one, this one, we're gonna probably have to go back and forth because yeah, there's like I, I have some written down. So if you don't have them, I'll, I'll bring some up. I mean, like I'll start off with what I said earlier. Where upon like my most recent watch of it, where one of my favorite scenes was when Hans, is, after they've already like Billy's already blown up the car, and they're kind of like, oh, like Hans prior to uh, where he's talking to Marty in the tent, right? When yeah. they're out in the desert already, yeah. 
and Marty's already like, dude, fuck Billy, let's get out of here. And then uh, Hans is like, no, why would you run away? I guess we'll all die together. Yeah, yeah. He's really backing him. Oh, yeah, because Marty's like, oh, how far is the town to walk from here? And he's like, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Then Billy really hurts Hans. Yeah, so he leaves him. So he leaves him. But like I said, the whole scene where he's like, oh, like, what did she say? Yeah. Right? Um, And Billy's like, I don't know, some shit about it being gray or whatever. Gray. And then, like, the look on his face is, and he's supposed to be uh, another, one of my favorite lines we we talked about last time. He's like, oh, this guy's a proper Christian, not a Fox News Christian. Where where I have it somewhere. Yeah. One of those Fox News fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Not like those Fox News fucks. Yeah. (laughs) And keep in mind, this is like, before all the fucking Wait, political yeah. turmoil in We're 2016. Thinking, yeah, this is 2012. And then, right, and then you just see the pain in his eye, but not just pain, but anger. Like, he, yeah. he grabs Billy like he's going to fucking choke him out. Yeah. And he lets go, and he strains out his coat, just gives a little tap, and yeah. just leaves him. That one, I think, watching again, I was like, oh, damn, this really stood out to me more than it did other times. Um, but, yeah, some of yours... Uh, well, I really like the opening scene, yeah. um, and I definitely like uh, <laughs> the scene—the scene where they're at Billy's warehouse, and um, the first time, <laughs> the first time because uh, Colin Farrell and his girlfriend have a falling out because he called her cunt or something oh, at the party. God, he doesn't yeah. remember. Pulus always look like they've been crying. Maybe they just got dumped by their girlfriend because they've got a drinking problem, too. I don't have a drinking problem. I just like drinking. Of course you do. Marty, one, you're a writer. Two, you're from Ireland. It's part of your heritage. You're fucked. Fuck off now, Billy. <laughs> Seriously, just fuck off now. I'm not in the fucking mood. <laughs> you're fucked from birth. Spanish have got bullfighting. The French got cheese. And the Irish have got alcoholism. And what have the Americans got? Tolerance. Oh, shoot, you're reading LA Weekly, are you? Huh? Oh, shoot, you're reading LA Weekly, are you? No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Shoot, did I leave any water in Bonnie's bowl? I better go home and do that. And while I do, there's something I put in the LA Weekly there that you should maybe read because it's possible in the short term that you might be slightly mad at me. What are you talking about? Page 163. Calling all psychopaths. Are you mental or deranged? Maybe you've recently been hospitalized, but are now okay. Or maybe the world just doesn't understand you. Yeah, right. Well, I'm writing a screenplay with my friend called The Seven Psychopaths. And if your story is crazy or quirky enough, we might use it for our movie. So please call Billy Bickle on 210 And he's giving him shit about him being drunk cuz this is when we first really understand that he's an alcoholic there's there we we mentioned it when we were watching mm-hmm. it he wakes up there's empty bottles and that's yeah. kind of what they do in movies to but like they it really gets reinforced here and he's talking to him about being irish and how they have alcoholism yeah he's like you're and the born Fran- with it the french have cheese and the irish and then what do the americans got 
And, he, and you said he, he had to stop and stand he up and look up, at him. Stands proper. Tolerance. Tolerance. <laughs> like he's tolerating Marty's shit. But that whole time, that whole that whole scene, and then he le- er, he he mentions that he's um, and the comedic timing of 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 Sam Rockwell. He does it twice, and this is one of the points where uh-huh. he's like, "Oh shoot, you're reading the LA Weekly, are you?" And he's like, "What?" And he says it again, but the exact same way. Yeah. He doesn't change his, like he's, his uh, cadence or anything. Like he's like practiced it. Yeah, or and then he and then he le- and he leaves, and then that's when uh, Kevin Corrigan and and uh, and Christopher Walken show up. Yeah, and they blow, and then fucking Jacko Diamonds comes in, and he fucking blows their brains out. That scene's really great. That scene's cool. I like the follow up scene to that. Where, well, they're at, where they're at Billy's house. Okay, I'll say any reference to Marty's alcoholism is so funny <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Because, like, the next scene, it's they, they go to Marty's house and yeah. Billy's there. Yeah. Right? He comes back after killing those dudes. And he's, and then fucking, he's like, oh, uh, is that his blood? He's like, oh, that's not his blood. His it, vomit. It's though. his puke. He's like, oh, that's my that's my friend Marty, the writer. The writer. Like, oh, I, I thought I smelled the booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right after, right after that, I also like in the aftermath of all that. And to be honest, in that scene, that's probably like one of Colin Farrell's best acting jobs. When he's like, "You want to, you want to get cleaned up and wash the brains and blood off you," and he's just like, like hyperventilating, like, yeah, dude, just so bad. And dude. then when they go to the, they go to the restaurant afterwards and fucking. Uh, Oh my god! And then, it's one of my fucking favorite lines. Uh, that's when that's, he's like, he's like, so what are we gonna do? And then um, Sam Rockwell, who's just like in space all the time, he's like, well, I think we should team up with this Jack of Diamonds guy and take out all the bad guys. Yeah. Like, but what are we gonna do in real life? He's like, well, we could sober up, Marty. How does that? Yeah. How does that hit you? Because <laughs> he's fucking drinking the whole time. Dude, you know, the, no, the scene where they're in the bar. Oh and, yeah, and yeah, Marty's telling uh, Hans, Hans the story, story already that Billy told him earlier. That's about his life, he, right? He's like, "Hey, no, yeah, dude." The, Sam Rockwell's acting in that is so funny. Actually, both of, everybody, dude, in that every, yeah, so good. And it's because like, Marty's just so like, what the fuck? He doesn't know what's, what's going on. He's like reluctantly telling the story. And I remember I was, I was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I noticed like Marty's side. It's there's red light in the back. Yeah, yeah. And you go to Hans, it's all the blue, blue. light. But it, the camera does turn, yeah, a little, and then uh, Hans isn't so blue anymore. He's more mm-hmm. a little mixed, and the same thing with the other guys. So visually, I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is great." It's right? really well done. And then, um, dude, just Billy's reaction because he's so embarrassed. He's like, he's like turned away and he's like <laughs> sipping on his drink like a like a dog that was just like beat down. Yeah. But then fucking Marty does the same exact thing like Dude, right yeah. after. Because he takes off the cravat and you see his, his neck <laughs> he's is He's like sliced. sinking into his chair. Dude, I fucking love that scene. Um, another great one I think is uh, uh, Zachariah's story. Yes, sir. It all began back when I was 17. I, uh, existed in some time. I, 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 I was a little wet behind the ears back then. I don't mind admitting it. Uh, but I was uh, burglarizing a house of this judge down in Delacroix. And uh, let me tell you something. Don't never burglarize a house of no judge down in Delacroix. So when I went down into his basement, you know what I found down there? 
I found the corpses of two Negro girls down there. I found a half alive another Negro girl. Chained right along with them. Well, the girl's name was Maggie. She told me all about the judge, and she told me what a terrible man he was, and I think I fell in love with Maggie right down there. And I think she did a little with me, too. And the judge came home. <sighs> he was awful angry. We just didn't know what to do. What did you do? Well, we hung him from his neck until he was dead. And that's when Maggie and me got this idea. What idea? Well, the idea that, that we go around the country killing people who go around the country killing people. Like serial killer killing. I guess that's what you call it nowadays. Uh-huh. Yeah. When they come back and... Tom uh, is great. I love the way... Uh, how standoffish Marty is to the whole idea at first. And yeah. then once Zachariah... Zachariah is talking for a minute... And then once it gets really fucking crazy, it's, he's like, he's like, won't take his eyes off Zachariah, and he's like putting shit in his mouth so he could pull out his yeah. fucking pad and paper it, and everything, and he's like writing shit down. I feel like we, as the audience, we had all the same reaction because earlier they're walking. Uh, I think it's after the restaurant, right? Yeah, they're walking, they're walking back, back, and then they see uh, the uh, Billy notices them right who's away. This bozo. He's like, hey, old guy. <laughs> Yeah, can, can I help you? Can I help you? And then he's like, oh, are you the guy that said you would eat my heart and like shit it on my <laughs> yeah. chest or something? Uh, I wouldn't and, do anything like that. He's like, no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I was like, dude, I love that scene. Like, just Tom Waits is acting. Dude, in yeah, Tom, I, I love Tom Waits's like, how how his story starts out and like, he's like, they don't they don't go into yeah. the to the actual story yet, but he's talking about, oh, you don't ever go down to like a judge's base basement in Delacroix. Yeah. Blah, blah, and he's just like doing his Tom Waits thing. And then once Marty's interested, then we go into the actual story. It's like, Oh, we were going to drive around the country, killing people that drive around the country, killing, killing people. people. Yeah. Sort of like serial killer killers. Yeah. And it just, that whole part is just so great. Um, and then Sam rock, uh, uh, Sorry, Tom Waits in that scene is just really cool, and it's it's he comes and he goes, and he doesn't show up until the yeah the he, fucking end Marty makes of the him movie. a promise that you know he'll put up his 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 apology yeah. to uh, Zachariah's wife, and then a phone number where he can contact him. Cause also, he, like in that part, it's like I gotta go see my girlfriend. You haven't got a girlfriend. He hasn't got a yeah. girlfriend. He hasn't got a girlfriend. Dude, Cause so good. Billy like leaves him because he's like, <laughs> and that's you know. That's kind of like Billy's, right? He has motives. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this movie, right? Yeah. So it's like even like these characters' motives, each one's motive is so different. And like Billy's is like he wants to be a star. He wants to – but he also wants to be Marty's friend. He yeah. wants Marty to accept him so yeah. bad. But he does all these things like even all the, the alcoholic undertoads in there where you think they're like, oh, they're pa- passive jabs at Marty. But he's like, no, he really kind of wants you to like – so sober up. He wants you to start writing. You know, get yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy. This guy will be good for you. Yeah. And he leaves him. Obviously, he's doing his own shit. 
But that's a, yeah, that's a great scene where he's like leaving, and Marty's like, "Damn, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, with, with this old guy? white, this old even, guy. Even like, us were like, "Dude, who's this old guy with a rabbit?" But yeah, right. As he's telling his story, and I, you don't even notice it till it cuts out to them in the living room. Yeah, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm getting sucked into this story." Yeah, it's, too. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um. Also, I have uh the scene in which I, I think just the performances are really mm-hmm. well done. There, it's not a whole lot of exciting stuff going on but um when woody harrelson goes to see uh christopher walken's wife yeah and she's like oh i'm gonna ask her where my dog is and she's playing like she's not her and she asks him like what if what if she don't know and like slowly but surely and i think i think she she's giving up once she sees hans walking in she really starts she kind of breaks she breaks but i think she breaks on purpose and and the realization comes to Woody Harrelson when his back is turned because he's fucking around the wheelchair. Yeah. And you could see, like, his head, like, drop, like, oh, I get this, it. Yeah, and then this is her. turns around. Like, that just that scene in general. Goodbye, Hans. Is, is really, and really then, good. And like I said, after, where they talk about, what is that around your neck? I don't want your uh, Woody I don't want your cravat. I don't want your cravat. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, oh, man. Um. Yeah, any anything with Woody Harrelson's pretty good. I love like we I know we talked about it earlier where he's with uh, Gab- Gabrielle, Gabri, Gabby. Uh, I hate I hate calling her Precious. I know, but anyway, he's with uh, <clears throat> Precious. But uh, he's like in Martin McDonough's movies. There's everyone holds values and principles to such high regard. Yes. This guy and, they're, and they're, either they hold them at high regard or they have a varying level of principles, but they always stick. Yeah, by they those stick things. to them. And then what's great is an, in them is the characters' realization that they're not so rigid after all, you know. And they do change it, but yeah. In this scene, it's like this dude. He's a professional. His gun jams, and he apologizes. I'm yeah. sorry. Like this is unprofessional. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then she's trying to beg for his life, and he's like, oh, don't just... You shouldn't take advantage just because my, my gun's broken. Yeah, that's low. That's it's low. like, dude, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. But everybody in the movie tends to have, like, these values and these principles, uh, with the exception of maybe Marty, because he's just so, like... Yeah. I, I think things, like... He's kind of like... There, there, there's a there's a, a rule of thumb mm-hmm. in, in writing, which this movie gets away with it, where your protagonist is always supposed to be actively doing things. Mm-hmm. And if things are just happening to them, that's not a compelling protagonist. And in this movie, things, things are, are kind of just happening to Marty. Yeah. But it still works. Yeah, he because doesn't... he's surrounded by all these people and he's kind of just getting thrown in every which direction. Yeah, you can say his his action is through what he's learning in, yeah. in the movie about yeah. himself, his friends. Uh, yeah, life in general. Life in general, people. friendship. Um, yeah, so... The last couple ones that I have, the drive in the night to the to yeah. uh, the desert, the whole Gandhi was wrong, just nobody had the balls to come out and say it. The Fox News bit. The Fox News bit, which is in there. And then um, when they get to the desert, uh, Billy's addition to the screenplay oh. is probably uh, – that's – Probably my favorite scene in the it's entire probably, movie. It, yeah, I would. I would his, say too. his so descri- his description and how vulgar he is and how like he just doesn't get mm-hmm. the the. It's just incredibly good. Just so yeah. good. 
And then apart from that, the actual shootout at the end. The shootout. Um, I think there's just some great stuff with Woody Harrelson in there. Yeah. He's just so in love with his dog and wants, like, is so sad. And he's quick to turn on his. He's, uh, yeah, on his people. I didn't kill him. He, he did. did. The dude's like, uh, some of the lines in there. I'm gonna shoot your dog in his little gay head. He doesn't have a gay head. He's he has, got a normal. She's head. got a normal head. Dude, yeah. The the whole desert thing too is like pretty awesome. I uh, I know I was catching it a little bit. Um, where the first part of the movie, I know we mentioned this while we were watching it. It's like, oh, you could see how it might fall into like the trope of like what we said earlier, like either like some sort of mobster movie or normal people getting involved with these, these dirty people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a turn, you know, and it, it kind of follows the path that like Billy, because Billy wants to write this fucking ridiculous yeah. like action movie, but real life doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it doesn't work like the first half. It kind of like, and they, they, they kind of do mention that later where he's like, there's no shootout at the end. It's like, no shootout. Cause even the shootout's pretty weak. Yeah, dude, it's super weak. Yeah. And then Billy even accepts it. He, you know, he has a stupid fucking flare gun. Yeah. But it kind of like it, it, yeah, that movie doesn't, he's like, what are they going to do? Throw your guns or the alcoholic gets it. Yeah. He's like, what are they going to do? Like, I think he, he mentions it earlier about driving out to the desert and talking. Yeah. He's like, they should just go out to the desert and just talk. Yeah. Just talk. And that's the rest of the movie. And that's what happens in the movie. But it's the most compelling part about yeah, the movie. Yeah. Obviously the fun, like the, the shootout, you think you want it. And it's kind of fun, but it's like you kind of want them to talk some more, yeah. you know. I think Hans's death is pretty – stands out too. Obviously – oh, that's one that I didn't write down. I didn't even think of mm-hmm. until you said. Uh, his, his addition to the screenplay. Dude, his addition – I he, love his – He just makes it so much better. And it's so awesome. And then and how good of a writer can you be to write not well? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's so talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin McDonough is so talented at writing. And then um, – Hans, he says, I'm not a writer, but this is my addition. But yeah, it sounds yeah. like a normal person like telling us, describing, yeah. like, oh, I want to, I want in on the story. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the chops or the, of the, the terminology to use, like, as a writer. But, and he does it because as he's talking, he's just like, or maybe it's this. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it's that. Uh, he checks if it's loaded. Obviously, he knows it's loaded. He's the one that loaded it. Yeah, why would it, he like, check? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And then, and he, then I, I, there's a line that you laughed at specifically when we were watching. I can't remember, but. He's talking about the hooker or something, and it's like, oh, she. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Blah blah. Whatever. It just, oh yeah. It just, it, you're right. He's writing. Martin McDonough writes so well that he could write somebody not writing well. Yeah, because he's like Hans is like thinking about it, but he doesn't know about like oh, staying in focus. Yeah, or yeah. Anything. And then he's like thinking out loud because he's talking. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, and she speak. And she studied Vietnamese at Yale. Yeah, he's elevating <laughs> these these woman characters. Yeah, and. uh that that's a that's a great story too, and very very moving. Too. Oh, super moving! The, the way the way it ends, the twist of it, it's great. It's great. Oh man. Um, yeah. So those are all the the best scenes. I think if you had to pick one, which one do you think that you'd pick? I think my safe my safe scene would be the Billy's retelling in the uh, uh, or Billy's ending to Marty's movie yeah. the graveyard shootout I, I that, fucking love that that'd part. be the safe bet uh, but there's so many little moments I, I love the the bar scene where yeah. where you know Marty and, and Billy are embarrassed um, the um, the look on, on on Billy Sam Rockwell's face when he finds out that Hans was killed 
Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's all pretty pretty touching. Um, but like I said, probably safely you, you got to go with, with that seat because it's so crazy. <laughs> it's so dude. ridiculous. Her head does come off. Like, dude. Her head almost comes off. Her head does come off. Dude, fucking. And then all the Woody, weapons Woody, they're using Woody are Harrelson. so impractical. Like, but two people, Woody Harrelson and Marty, have a fully automatic like gun and, in one and hand, a handgun and a semi-automatic pistol. So they're like just ra- like ha- hammering Dude, down on when one. Fucking, when fucking throws his fucking shit away, and then he's yeah. just like he's like crying in the rain, <laughs> just shooting. He's like, uh, he's like, well, in your first century, and you're there too, but you're just observing, you know? uh, and nobody thinks that's wrong, and no one thinks that's wrong. <laughs> And then, dude, yeah, the end. Peace is for queers, and, and now you're gonna, gonna die. die. <laughs> and he hits him with the with the fucking uh, with the crossbow, and then he hits him with the shotgun. His fucking head explodes, dude. And just then later, so great. The, and they're talking about it later, and they're like, "I don't think so." Christopher Walken and, and, and yeah. from, on the drive to the uh, liquor store, or whatever the grocery store, and he's like. You think somebody's head could explode like that? Really explode like that? He's like, yeah. It was made out of dynamite. It was made out of dynamite. Like, dude, <laughs> so great. I think safely, yeah, you could easily say that, but there's so there's, many. Yeah, there's so many great, great scenes. So many in this great movie. lines, moments. Uh, who's your favorite character? Uh, probably Billy, but I have a, an affinity towards Hans and. Oh, man, Every, everybody dumb. in this movie is Cause great. Because Colin Farrell is great, too. Like I said, I've never... I, I can't think of another actor who, who I was just like, oh, I'm so... Don't care give about... Give a shit the, yeah. about. To somebody that I'm like, oh, I really care about yeah. who this person yeah. is. And he did it great. I think just Sam Rockwell's performance in the movie is just so good. So good. Um, and, um, I don't know. It's so crazy how, like... If you're a fan of Sam Rockwell, I feel like you have to have seen this movie. If not, yeah, you're missing out. You're missing out. I just feel like in general, people are missing out on this movie. This one is if if you were to introduce people to Mark McDonough, you could introduce this one first because it's way more zany, it's way funnier, yeah, like it's way zany. funnier. Yeah. You know, there's something in Bruce where it's like the humor is a little more. Uh, and that movie's pretty heavy for in certain aspects. Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah. and it's like. I don't know if you'll ever do an in Bruce bo- broadcast uh, podcast, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be done the pipeline. Into, but next time Jason goes overseas, we could do it. Yeah. Well, next time he goes to Bruges, <laughs> um, fucking Bruges. So yeah, I, w- I would definitely have to say Sam Rockwell's my Bill- Billy's my favorite. He's character. just so like, um, man, I don't know what he acts better in. A few thing, a few things that I um, that I notice. I love, I love uh, the dog tag. Uh, return to blah blah blah. Or you will fucking die. <laughs> yeah, dude. That um, uh, Billy's name is Billy Bickle, and yeah, you you first hear it when he's talking to himself in the mirror, which is a re- obvious reference to Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver, who was also pretty much a psychopath. Um, yeah, just just I I love the the reading of Billy's journal. Don't burn down the flag, and then he looks out the window, and, it's and it's like half burnt. Yeah, it's all burnt up. Um, that stuff's all great. Uh, anything, anything else before we do the final part that you notice this time around that you, is just stuck out to you? Uh man, I don't know. I think this time around, I was trying to trying to catch something that I didn't catch before, and it, it, a lot of it, and it, it's not something that you. It's pretty heavy handed, like kind of the. Uh, the religious tones that are in the movie yeah but this time i was kind of like paying way more attention to it and like i said like i noticed like the lighting in mm-hmm. in, in, in the, the bar. bar and then i was like you know what it's crazy how many times i've seen this movie and i didn't realize like hans is not a killer 
Yeah. At all. No. He's a proper Christian. You know yeah. what I mean? And in, in, in these movies, and it's, I don't know why that stood out to me. It's something I'm like, even now I'm like still thinking about. I'm like, damn. Like this movie's so like layered that you, we can't even jam it all in this podcast. Right? Yeah. There's so many themes that you could talk about, like alcoholism, yeah. violence, peace, like, religion. What does it all really mean? Friendship. <laughs> yeah. Friendship, like all that stuff. So, uh, I know that's not like the deepest thing, but it was something that I tend to pay. I paid more attention to watching last time. Like I didn't, I never caught the, he's a proper Christian. Yeah. I never caught that before. Yeah. And, Cause he's just watching. so tied up with, with all these people. He seemed, and, and same thing with Marty too. He's yeah. not a killer either. He's not, but there's so much death and killing going around. You just kind of feel like they're like, everybody's part, a fucking yeah, psychopath. Part of it, yeah. Oh, you know, it's also to um, like the way he, how he, I know Marty mentions it too. He just can't believe how calm Hans is after oh, yeah. the death of his yeah, yeah, wife, yeah. you know? And I, that was something that I stood out to me last time too. He's like knocked out, but he already knows, like, you're right. He knows his wife is like gone to heaven. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like when he comes to the house and he describes what happens, oh no, he's, he calls Billy and he's like, oh, how's, uh, damn, what's her name? Yeah. Martha? Uh, I can't remember, but and oh, then he's like, oh, she's dead now. He's like, oh, she's, oh, yeah, she's fine. Oh, really? No, she's dead. Uh, yeah, what's she's his name? dead now. But his deliverance is just like, oh, this. There's no bullshitting with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. That's what. It, that's what it is. It is what it is. Pretty yeah, much exactly. So, um, all right. Hardest question. You're a producer. I'm a producer. We get the rights to this property. Uh, do we make a prequel, a sequel, or a remake? Prequel. We got to see how they meet. Yeah, I really want to know how Billy and Marty met. Yeah, it, but there's so many. Yeah, it's like you want to know. How and they also met. how 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 uh, Billy and Hans met too, because they don't Hans. seem like they would be running in the same circles. It seems so random. Yeah, because yeah. Hans is like he's this is seems like the shadiest thing he's doing is yeah. taking people's dogs, but giving it back to them and taking their their. Uh, I also like Hans's disdain for the cops too. Oh, dude, that's something we didn't mention earlier. He's like, no fucking cops. No fucking cops or government. And, and uh, damn, what is – he's like, oh, he's he's Irish. Like, you have to <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't – And the, the, the stare he's having at Marty for even <laughs> suggesting to call the police. <laughs> no fucking cops. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. But, but yeah, I, I think prequel all the way. Prequel. There's so many stories. Like, you'd be like, oh, uh, Dude, all these characters there's like Zachariah's story. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you, know, you could go deeper into that you stuff. Deep, so uh, Hans Hans's story with his daughter and everything. Yeah. Um, there's plenty plenty of stuff to fuck around with yeah. with the prequel. All right. Well, that was a that was a fun one. Yeah. This movie, I love watching it anytime it's on. Yeah. Um, if you guys have not seen this movie, I'm sorry we ruined a lot of it for you, but it's, it's you'll still enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's you have to watch. Absolutely it. hilarious. It, yeah. And, uh, yeah, for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. And I'm Jerry. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Play It Again, man, underscore pod. Tell your friends, tell your family. If they like movies, this is the place for them. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys.